The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're very excited to welcome back Noel Nasca this week. We are doing our third part of our series, Raising a High Drive Puppy. And we had the good fortune of going out and meeting that cute little puppy this past It was a lot of fun. Nice puppy. Uh, It was good to see your husband, Matt. It was just a good trip all around. Yeah. We missed Hamburg. (laughs) Although it was snowing. I couldn't believe it was still snowing out there for a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. First, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. And my quirky tip of the day today is get your young dogs out of the house, you guys. Noelle is joining us today. She had her first knee replacement um, at the end of April. We visited her at the beginning of April before she had this freaking knee surgery. And she's getting her second surgery in June. And uh, her puppy, Inga, for like a few weeks there actually went to a kennel because it was hard for her to do the stairs. Her husband, Matt, travels. So get your puppies out of the house the first year of their lives, someplace safe that you trust. It will better them. It is better for them. And Noelle, let's just kick that off and start off a little bit on the kenneling front. Tell us how that experience was for Inga and what that was like and everything else. Um, So first of all, I think that everybody should do it. And I've always kind of leaned in that direction, but oh my goodness, the change in this dog has been so dramatic. Um, Her maturity level, what she's willing to tolerate as far as being patient. um, It just really felt like the time away from home out of her normal element and having to adjust to something else. Um, And by the way, the something else is a boarding situation that is extraordinary. I mean, just Diane Sanfilippo and her husband, Tom, they've got this place called Summer Creek Pet Retreat. Sorry if I'm not allowed to plug (laughs) places, but I cannot say enough amazing things about it. So it's like top notch, perfect. Um, But she's a, she's a dramatic dog and, here at home from the very beginning, you probably still have video of uh, the stuff I sent you with her being like insatiable when I had to confine her when she first got here. Uh, that was something that maintained for a while with her and it took some time to get her adjusted. Thinking about her going to Diane's and what I was putting in front of Diane made me feel bad. But honestly, the reports were, she always told me that she was doing so well and patient with the routine. She came back here and settles so quickly. I've had to be so down and not the level of energy and exercise that the dog is used to. And she's put up with it like an, like a well-seasoned adult dog. I'm just amazed. Nice. She is an awesome dog. So we went out there the beginning of April. This was before her big maturity kennel stay. And um, Scott put the suit on for the first time in freaking years. He hadn't worked dogs like that in at least three to four years. And we had a great time. Noelle had some of her closest friends um, 
come over that did some training. There were some other people that were interested in protection. But really, we went, wanted to get footage for this series because I knew that Noelle was having this surgery and it would be harder for her to provide us with footage, too, to see them. We've been to Hamburg a bunch. We love Matt and Noelle. They're very close friends of ours. And three, to see what the heck the dog was like. And I mean, it was she's like a five-star review. I loved the freaking puppy. And four, just to get out of town, just to get a little vacation. <laughs> In our U-Haul with all of our, all of our dogs. We were like the circus that rolled into town. So let's talk a little bit about um, just the protection itself, because I feel like she made just such great strides while we were there. So tell people a little bit about what you had done with protection before. We've showed a little bit on the series and then just kind of how that weekend went from your perspective. Oh my gosh, that is a lot. And um, I was just overwhelmed. So first of all, her protection experience has been um, very minimal and predominantly with myself and um, a friend of mine who is trying to learn, she's brand new and trying to learn about the helper end of um, the Schutzensport. Uh, she's a she's a relatively new dog handler for as a competitor with her own dogs, but she's really gotten interested in learning how to do helper work. So we kind of collaborated a little bit to get Inga an opportunity to bite on something that somebody else was presenting to her and allow me to do a little bit of handling. She she's been great and very forward and into it and all of that, but it's been really limited and minimal. Um, she, she brings all the stuff though. Like I could see that, that it was, it was there, but she'd never done anything on a suit. So, um, when you guys came, Oh my gosh, honestly, I, I felt like I look back at those videos that you put together. I can't wait for people to see this. She looks like she's working the ring program. I mean, in like a, in just hours, what, what did she have like an hour and a half all together? And she's doing portions of the program. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah. She was awesome. So what is your, um, telling of the puppy? You were the one that was decoying her. What well, I would say this is just reinforces my belief that pet dog owners should not get Malinois <laughs> because they're bred to bite. They're bred to work. Uh, they're not necessarily aggressive, but they're bred to, to bite and enjoy that aspect of the work. And, uh, if you don't have a channel for them, if, if you don't have experience with that, they can be really problematic because she took to it immediately. She was having a great time. I thought she uh, she rose to the occasion. She never shied away from anything that we were doing. She seemed to just really enjoy it from the moment we started until we left. Yeah, she so. is she is built um, for sport for sure. And just to clarify, um, she you did get her for protection sports, and I think her dad's like a police dog, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, let's just dive right into this. Uh, Chrissy, if you want to queue up video two, we're going to start with video two. So I had to put this into two different segments because there was so much protection and I tried to keep everything under two minutes, but the suit work is a little bit longer than that. So the first video is going to be just some tug and sleeve work. And um, then we can kind of discuss some of the things and how that progressed and some of the weaknesses and everything else. And then we'll get to suit work.
Good girl. Yeah, he's crazy, huh? I know. He's a crazy man. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. That's it. Yay! your friend. <coughs> Good girl, Inga. Okay, so I wrote down a few notes, and then all of this is popping back up from watching the video, too. So one thing that we kind of saw early on was she wasn't necessarily wanting to counter the bite a lot, right? Like, she was doing a lot of pulling, and that's just, I would say, more her shits and foundation. Like, she just had a lot of sleeve work and everything else. And then the other thing that was funny about her is she really liked laying down with the, the bite toy. Like, that was kind of her go-to as far as things went. So you see a little bit of that in the video. And for people who are just listening, as always, I'll put the YouTube link of the actual work in so you guys can go back and review those videos if you're just listening on one of the listening platforms. But, I mean, that was her very first bite with you to working on a sleeve. And then we're going to head into suit work once we, you know, kind of hash this out a little bit more. So what were your thoughts as far as that first day or so or the first half day with the puppy? Well, I would say that, you know, the puppy was great. Any, any mistakes or anything would be on my part. She's just trying to bite whatever she can and, and satisfy her own, you know, drives. And we're just trying to shape them into certain behaviors that we want her to be doing, you know. So the goal was to get her on the suit. Many dogs cannot transition to a suit for months, yeah. let alone weeks. It takes them a long time to get from biting a rag to a tug to a leg sleeve, uh, to actually biting pants and that kind of stuff. It's, it's a hard transition for some dogs. And uh, it's not necessarily, I don't know if it's fear or if it's um, whatever it is. It just takes more time for them to get comfortable biting a suit, you know. And, uh, but she just went right through the steps, A, B, C, D. Yeah, so it's like... Why Why not? Yeah. She wants to. I mean, my biggest concern when putting dogs on, on pants is it's nice to have them be able to out because if they don't out, I have to put the pants on, pull them off immediately so the dog can run around with the pants. And he's not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what the leg sleeve is for. If the dog doesn't have an out, you can do targeting and give them the leg sleeve. Uh, but when it gets to the pants, it's nice to have a dog that understands to out or can transfer onto a tug which she did that also. So some dogs are so, once they bite, they don't want to out. They don't care about a tug. They don't care about food. They just want to stay on the bite that they have. And she was pretty easy in transitioning from one thing to another. And it all just went real smooth, I thought. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on the first video? 
I'm not sure which one that was. So the, did just the tug, just the tugging in the oh. sleeve. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sleeve, and then did it show the actual pants and her coming off onto the? No, no we're, we're going in the suit video next. So it was just that foundational, like first half day kind of stuff that we were doing. Basically, everything that you guys just mentioned was just like mind boggling <laughs> to me that it's like warp speed going so fast, and I mean, speed is so amazing and profound and when it's your dog it's exciting and you get wrapped up in it and sometimes the speed and like the quick understanding can like make you go too fast but I think that that was the thing that was so remarkable to me first of all I feel like she knew that you were here for just this finite period of time (laughs) which is like I gotta get it all in there's a lot to see um but that she with everything being thrown at her. And I mean, like concepts that she had not been introduced to and prepared for. She just handled it. Yeah. The handled it and was like, Oh, I think I know what you mean. And then she'd take that guess or follow the direction and arrive at the right answer and be like, okay, understood. I I was just amazed. I still, (laughs) I, I wish I lived in your neighborhood. I mean, we could get. We, we wish you lived in Maine too. <laughs> I would say, you know, the only thing that you have to be careful of with dogs like this, and I've owned dogs like this, um, where they excel very quickly, but they're still not mature mentally, and so sometimes decoys can be a little too hard because everything is going great, and then all of a sudden they've crossed that threshold, and the dog comes off the bite and is stressed out and you got to now rebuild that and back off. So, I mean, that's the last thing I ever want to happen with any young dog is that they come off the bite because of something I did. And, you know, it happens, life happens. And sometimes it could just be leaning over a dog and their, your presence, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, that's too much for me. But, um, all that being said, I never wanted to put too much pressure on her. I was trying to just make it all fun. And, and she seemed to do great in just about everything that we did. I didn't see any big, any, and we, there were other dogs there, that, as you know, that weren't ready to get on a suit, that weren't ready to even get on a leg sleeve. So we had all t- different types of dogs show up for that weekend. And we had some dogs that just getting them to bite on a tug with a stranger was a big deal, you yeah. know? So they're all, they're all a little different. But the Malinois in general... Uh, I'd say generally speaking, because not all of them, but most of them love to bite and uh, they don't know what they're doing. They just love biting. So all you got to do is to teach them where to bite, when to bite, and they're all, they're all about it, you know? Well, and that's the other thing is she hasn't really seen a lot of other decoys like you were saying, but she really hasn't worked with a lot of male decoys either. So that was more novel to me also that, you know, Scott was the first guy that she saw and she pretty much progressed through pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, and it was so great. Did that did that segment show the part where she actually met him? No, no, door? no. That's another video. We're gonna we're gonna get through the whole thing. Poor Noel. I got. <laughs> I should have told you what the videos were labeled. All right, let's go to the suit video since we're um, cycling into this so often too. That's gonna be video number three. And Noel's using, and Scott is actually using too with a little baby defensive handler. If you're familiar with Ring, some food here because Shitson's a very strong barking foundation. So that was pretty much her go-to anytime. Like I want the bite, I'm gonna bark. I want the bite, I'm gonna bark. And in Ring, we don't necessarily want that nor require that. So you'll see us doing things a little bit differently here and then we can kind of unhash what you see after the video so this is suit uh the suit video all of her suit work and this is video number three and the dog progressed beautifully <laughs> yeah Woo-hoo! did it better that's a better 
There you go. Way less. Forty-eight hours later. Yeah, right? <laughs> Twenty-four hours later. No. Good girl. Good girl. Inga. Very nice. That's a good girl. Super girl. You gotta get him. Get him. Har. Har. Yes. Har. Good girl. Nice, Noel. That's what you wanna do. Good. Good girl. Good. Inga. Good. Good girl. 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 Nice. Good. Very nice. Good girl. That's my girl. That's my girl. She had a lot of fun that weekend. All right, yeah. debrief on that. Any thoughts on that? We'll go oldest well, my, to youngest. Just watching that last where the dog was biting on the jacket on the top, it made me think it's kind of the same thing as sending the dog off to the kennel. You know, we're exposing her to stuff in her first year that she may not see again for a while, but she sees it, she works through it, and she knows that it's a possibility and it's, it's a fun thing. And you may not do any suit work for a couple of years, you may not, you know, you may do Schutzen and not do any suit work. And, but when you bring it back, she's going to be right there again. Oh, I know. I remember this. Whereas some dogs, if you don't introduce a suit until they're, you know, three, four or five years old, 
uh, it's a harder transition, especially if they've done a lot of sleeve work in that Schutzen. And you see it with police dogs that um, transitioning from a sleeve to biting a person with no equipment on, that's a big leap. They haven't seen that picture. They run up and they're looking, does the guy have an arm sleeve? And they don't bite. And yeah. it's after they get over that hump, then, you know, God help the person running down the street and they send the dog on them. But there is a transition there, you know. So I just thought it's nice to be able to show her a bunch of different stuff. We're not going to be there again for a while. She's seen it. She enjoyed it. Uh, and all that stuff, when I look at all that, I don't see any real aggression. I see a dog having fun biting. But it's yeah. not a dog that I need to worry about my hands getting bit because she's just kind of mean. There wasn't that, and some of some dogs are like that. They just have this little bit of a mean streak to them genetically. Um, she was just happy to get in it. Get, like I was just a big tug toy. That's all I was to her, you know. And that's the way I'd like it to be, you know. Definitely. And that, that is cool. that is a little different than Schutzen. I mean, I haven't done Schutzen uh, for years, but I did, you know, have one dog that I was at a Schutzen club, and there was a little more aggression involved in that um, sport, getting them alerting and barking and and um, maybe working a little more defense, using a whip, not hitting the dog with a whip, but cracking that whip and getting them really, really stimulated and, and uh, you know, and then balancing that control. And that's a whole nother aspect of bite work compared to what I think we were doing with the suit, oh. you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. My friend, Adriel, who's done helper work with my other dogs, he says it's using the whip to bring like that sensation. It's like adding a yeah. shot to the a little extra mm -hmm. um so for sure and i think that when they're allowed to open up and do a lot of barking like that it really empowers them and it is so different from ring i mean that was one of my favorite things about ring is that it's a lot more quiet <laughs> <laughs> um, i like that um and they're it's easier i think for the dogs to be thoughtful when they're quiet so Schutzen brings a whole, it is a whole different kind of vibe. And that was something that I think that she did struggle with because I have been promoting barking in the context of, oh, I could maybe have an opportunity to bite. I've been trying to build barking to be as valuable as, as biting so that when she has to out, she's got this other behavior that she's happy to be doing. So it's like this funny balance. And I think that she really does. It's built up quite nicely and she does like to bark. So coming in and <laughs> asking her to be quiet or thinking through the barking was a little, that was probably the most challenging thing. Well, I think it was nice that um, you've been, the way you're raising her, because I see a lot of ring dogs that they don't need to bark until they're doing their blind search and they haven't been taught to bark and then they're locked up in prey. They're right there waiting for the decoy to move. And it's really hard to teach a dog to bark when they're all locked up, you know, waiting for that movement to get the bite so working the barking away from the suit work <clears throat> is a nice way to get that balance where you can turn them on turn them off and get them to do what you want and and get them to know that they're doing the right thing in all these different situations you know well and i want to say too um which is partially credit to her genetics but a lot of credit to you is she seems to be good thinking through drive right so she's very engaged she's very excited Scott's putting a lot of excitement in front of her, some frustration, everything else. But then she was able to process and think through that drive in a lot of situations. And we pushed you. Like, we're like, okay, let's do a baby defensive handler. Like, okay, we're going to be doing some escorting. And the thing is, it's funny. I'm like, oh, the dog 
likes to lay down. Well, then when we started escorting, we wanted her laying down in between his legs. Like we were giving her a lot of different things, showing her a lot of different pictures. And Scott was big on like, all right, both legs, both arms, like let's show her everything we can. So she does have it in her toolbox. And that was really amazing to kind of see her blossom and to see your training kind of come together because this dog, what was she, maybe seven months old in April? I mean... I think she was six months old. Yeah, she was a baby and she, she really saw a lot and rose to the occasion. So, and the suit work just alone, it was, it was amazing how quickly she flourished and how well she excelled in my opinion. Oh, agreed. 1000%. That's what I'm just reeling over. I, it, it's a, it's almost like an ironic thing that I, she got all these little pieces, these little files to put in her filing cabinet but oh my gosh, just to see her natural like programming come to life combined with whatever, I always feel like what I've done is so minuscule. I, I've, this is a whole different experience for me, the way that I'm raising this dog. I just don't feel like I've devoted as much time, but something had to have been <laughs> happening because her genetics combined with the information that I've been able to like install it came together and it just like excelled so quickly. Plus, I mean, you, Scott, you just know exactly where to push. And I think that's one of the most valuable things and probably what I'm always searching for and feeling this deficit in my training is I don't have that person that's kind of guiding me along that makes me feel safe. Like we're going to do this right now and I, it's, it's a good time to do it. And then, we'll see what we get. But I feel like you already are predicting what's going to happen pretty accurately. So that's not something I feel confident. Like I would never know to say to somebody that's helping me with that here, let's push the envelope right now. (laughs) You do that so naturally and so well and successfully. And then we were able to like compress all this incredible growth and she's got all this information in her brain now for these two days of an experience, not even two days. It literally is like two hours of an experience for her that is so profound. Yeah. I'm over the moon. I am so happy. <laughs> I should have brought a mailbag with me. We could have had a biting while I held the mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get her going after the postman. <laughs> but, and that's something too, I just want to um, say for some people that maybe aren't as experienced with bite sports that are watching this podcast and everything else is <clears throat> there's a lot going on in these videos that isn't necessarily intuitive to everyone. So Scott is a brilliant decoy. He's been a competition decoy. He's more so a training decoy. I would argue that, but uh, go ahead. Well, I, 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 I know, I know a lot of good trainers and I think that Scott's very good at training, especially this type of stuff, but the, the touching her, the making her feel comfortable with, you know, I'm going to come here and I'm going to pet you here. And the stick work, it's not too much. She's coming through a barrage. They call that like when she was coming through the stick to get to the bite and, you know, the introducing her to the stick, she'd never even seen a clatter stick in that regard before. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, she's seeing all of these new things and making her feel comfortable and making her feel supported and building her up, but also not building a puppy like her up too much. Like, you know, if we just let her freaking win the suit for a month, this kind of dog would maybe be a monster. Like her dad is a police dog. He is an, an active police dog. So you have to be thoughtful about where you're pushing and where you're pulling and what you're showing and, you know, using food to get the obedience. Of course, like if she can switch drives like that, that's brilliant. And let's use that to our advantage. You know what I mean? So it's just all these, go ahead. That right there, that is the golden ticket to me to be, I mean, 
just to be able to move from one bite surface to another. I, I mean, I've had dogs, <laughs> they've usually been the pit bull dogs, but they get fixated on one particular bite surface and they're like, nothing else exists. I don't care how enticing you make it look. I mean, that's biting to biting and they, they can be super persnickety about that. But moving from biting to food and having a, a almost balanced desire and, you know, the incentive is almost equal for this dog. That is that's the golden ticket to me. I mean, that's like, that's grease on the wheels. Don't you think so? I yeah. think it's great. I think it'll probably go away if, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't nurture it along a little bit, because at some point here with her, that biting is going to be way better than food. And there are a lot of Malinois puppies that will not transfer off a bite for food. They, they don't care about well, the food. And that's it's why just a nice bonus. I would bring that. that back to Noelle's credit though, too, is that you don't allow her to get over the top and drive. And you are like, oh no, we're going to be eating this cookie right now. And there is value within you too. Like that's so important that there's value with the handler. And it's not just like, I'm going to check out and I'm all about biting this guy right here. Like she does have a good working relationship with you. And even the fact that you've done some of her foundational bite work, like she values you and what you can bring to the table too, which is so important. There's just like this equaling of all these different parts that came together really so poetically. We didn't know what the heck would happen. We just wanted to go out and see Noel, but it really worked out nicely for the series. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will say, I just want to say real quick um, that, yeah, your relationship with the dog is, is super important. And that's part of why the dog looks so good because having, you know, run a club and been involved in, in clubs and that whole environment for a long, well, a relatively long period of time, several years, a lot of n- newer people uh, show up with the same dog you have. They show up with a great prospect. And the dog, the relationship is more with the decoy than the handler. Like, eight, you know, it's like 90% with the decoy. And the dog looks great, but they don't have the control of the dog. That's the problem. Because the dog only respects the decoy, only wants to work with the decoy, and when you get off leash and try to start competing, all of a sudden that dog is running down the field like, screw you, I'm just going to go bite this guy and we're going to have fun down the other end of the field. I'll talk to you later, you know, and it gets yeah. hard. So you want to have a dog that it respects you and that doesn't have to be a negative uh, thing, but the dog respects you, knows that the work is coming through you. And uh, knows when you call them, it's it's done. And Time there's clear home. criteria there. And there's value with you. Like there is value with you holding a piece of freaking cheese or holding a tug because of that relationship you created. So that is due to your credit. So thank you for doing your part to make it easier on us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it gets to be, if the dog doesn't respect, you know, the handler and doesn't want to ever work with the handler, what you're creating is a dangerous dog. Yeah. You're creating a dog that just wants to bite and doesn't care about the person at the other end of the leash. And that's not a good thing for anybody, you know? Yeah, sport or life. So let's talk a little bit about her stability because you mentioned um, the video with her meeting Scott. And it was funny. I wanted to video her meeting both of us, but I just like literally happened to be like walking through. Noelle has this um, door at her daycare and then this like little kennel setup. And I was like walking in the door when you were like coming out or something, like just past each other. So I missed the opportunity. But she was very stable in that environment with me. She had a tug in her mouth at the time. Let's just talk a little bit about her stability and then I'll show the video of her meeting Scott. Oh yeah. Well, you know that early on I was, uh, (laughs) she's a little more suspicious than what my ideal temperament is, to be honest. She's not, she's not a pit bull. (laughs) Um, she gets, you know, she gets her, her, 
she feels some kind of way when she sees something that she's unfamiliar with or a person that she's not, <laughs> she's not sure what they're doing there. Um, and so my main objective the first few months was getting her out and about and just seeing a lot of stuff and then helping her through any glitchy or sticky situations that I didn't like what her natural reaction was. And so I tried to like pave a way for something different. I think though, um, she's always probably going to be a dog that if she sees something that makes her feel suspicious, she's going to have a reaction to it. So it's my obligation to, you know, set it up so that I can control situations and I can predict what's going to happen next with like pretty good predictability. I want it to go good. Um, what I've noticed with her, even just the boarding thing again, I think that was wildly instrumental to help her sort of learn how to put her eggs in somebody else's basket, um, get, get the, the value of, you know, all the life rewards and the things that she's viewing as resources and what she count on counts on, on a daily basis she was used to that coming from me, you know, only me. And I'm pretty possessive with my dog. So I don't just enlist other people. Oh, could you let my dog out? Or, oh, run over to my house and do this. Or, like, I'm like, please stay away from my dog. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of greedy when it comes to that. But there's a place for it to, like, let up a little bit and, and let the reins out for somebody else to do something once in a while. And I think that the experience that she had at boarding just facilitated that beautifully. She, she had to trust strangers. Yeah. Those strangers happen to be really, really sensitive and they speak dog pretty darn well. And so they did things beautifully. So that was a huge bonus, but at, at the end of it all, her having to allow somebody else to meet her needs built a level of confidence and understanding. And I think it like took a little bit of that suspicion down a couple notches. Um, and then, you know, just you guys coming, there was so much going on and so many people coming and going. And when we handled it the way that we did, she couldn't care less. Yeah. She's like, oh, I, you're supposed to be here. I, every, everything was great. And she's been great. Um, I've been back to the shop only a few times since this knee and I've brought her with me every single time because she doesn't get to do very much. So she's been in tow each time and she was so happy to see the girls, my staff. Um, every time somebody comes over here, she is so thrilled to see my girls who don't live here, but you know, she's got a relationship with them and my daughter has a friend who she's been seeing for a while and he's a brand new male in our family and this dog is like enamored with him from the get-go from the get-go in fact he was like he thought he felt a tick on her the other day so he's like grooming her like a chimpanzee <laughs> and I'm watching from the door I actually turned the light on because it had gotten dark and I'm watching this whole event unfold and it really like demonstrative behavior from him, not, he didn't know, but I'm watching and, and like observing how she's handling it all. And she basically just melted into him and let him 
do whatever and investigate every part of her little hairy self. And uh, she was just like a, like real easygoing and just tolerant, not even tolerant. She enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, like a, and, like a pet dog. <laughs> she's a pet dog that <laughs> bites like a police dog. No, but when we show this video too, Scott obviously is dog savvy, but I wanted you guys to see how Noelle's setting situations like this up. Like the dog comes in, she has a tug, Scott gives cheese, and then it's not like overly love fest. It happens, it was good, and it's over. So let's cue up video number one, and this is her meeting Scott before we did any bite work at all, and then we'll go into some other training. Oh, you're so cute. You're so big. <laughs> I know. I just met you in the hallway. You're so cute. You want to see the nice man with the cheese? Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I, oh, what a baby. <laughs> Good girl. So short, sweet, and happy. And like setting things up like this, especially with dogs like her that may be more prone to have some suspicion, they may, you know, just be having some human aggression genetically in them. It is important to set up those interactions so they go correctly. That's very important. Yeah. yeah. So Thank and, you. <laughs> and to Noel, poor Noel. I was like, literally, we haven't had a dog training facility in three years. I like show up. I'm like putting pet dogs in the kennel. I have big blue on in the background. That was need to breathe playing and freaking, I, I like acted like it was my facility. So thanks for letting us come and pretend like, oh, yay, we're back. <laughs> but any other way, please come back tomorrow and do that again. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts about how she was with her stability or anything else? No, I thought she was great. I, it's just hard with the public, as you know, Noelle. If someone wants to greet your dog, they tend to, if the dog is good with them, they take it to the next level all the time. And sometimes that's where the dog starts getting nervous. So it's nice if you can let the new people be a little more neutral and let the dog make the choice of enjoying that person rather than the person you know, getting on their hands and knees and getting into that dog's space so much because that's what the way it kind of goes, you know, and then it's too much. Just a month before you guys came, I was at the hardware store, you know, like a Home Depot or something, and I'm literally just trying to blend in. We've talked about this at length before, but literally the guy that was at one of the cash registers left his post to come over and like, you know, they almost look like a combination of like a zombie. And <laughs> I don't even know what the expression is that people get, but they're, they're just coming forward with this really intense, direct, like pushy, just, I'm going to interact with you and stare at you and make you feel like a spectacle. And that's all just like oozing out of the person. And of course people like, you or me, we see that a thousand miles away and I'm already like, stay back, <laughs> please. And of course they don't listen. Yeah. So I said to the guy, could you just not, she's, she's dealing with a lot. She doesn't want to say hello right now. And, uh, he's like, he starts barking. <laughs> like, Why do people reduce themselves to something that just absolutely makes no sense? But it feels so normal to them. And to me, it's the polar opposite of normal. Like, what are you doing? But Are it's you? also Noelle being an advocate for her dog. Like, even in that situation with Scott, it was short and sweet. It went well. Okay, we're done with it. Like, make the interactions how your dog will perceive them as positive And don't let things spiral out of control, like Scott's saying. And if someone barks at your dog, just kindly turn and walk the other direction. <laughs> 
<laughs> small, small little things, small little things. All right, so we've touched on a lot of the bite work stuff. We've touched on her temperament. Um, we all, I just want to talk a little bit about some tracking and obedience because Noelle's course here is an IGP course for her, at least at first, maybe. Noelle's transferred with your other two Malinois started in Shitson and then went to Ring, right? Uh uh, Uda did, but not Darcy. And when Scott was mentioning about the barking, I wanted to say that uh, that's a that was a stumbling block for me when we got up to the blind search. So for sure. Um, but no, Darcy did not. We did do a BH, but we only just did the obedience portion. Okay, so you didn't do Shitson with her. You just did Ring with Darcy. Started to tinker around with it, but her her early foundation was really, I mean, with you. Yeah, five months. Yeah. And she got to bite, or Darcy got to bite at 10 too. In one of the videos on the suit, Noelle actually goes to call Inga Darcy because we just had worked Darcy. It's funny. But I want to I wanna talk about a little bit her obedience and her tracking stuff, and then we'll show a video in relation to that. So I know you've been like totally laid up. You can't really do much right now. How has all of that been progressing for you? Um, I mean, on a timeline, I guess this is really your first Malinois puppy you've raised for IGP at this point, correct? Uh, so... Your videos are the things that allow me to see what the progression looks like. But honestly, like I'm super pleased with her natural tendency toward like searching through the grass to smell for food. It's been great. She's got a real, really strong commitment to it, which is awesome because I'm trying to put a little bit of opposition on her to build her drive. And I think that if I had a dog that wasn't high on the food drive um, that might soften her a bit and squash her desire to keep pushing into the pressure that I'm putting behind her. Um, so like specifically a lot of collar pops, they're not necessarily to like make a correction, but it's definitely for some dogs would feel as though you're rerouting them. Mm-hmm. If the desire to go towards the food weren't super high. So My biggest thing is that um, she is driven for the food and it seems like that's the case and that the drive for the food will not only help her through the pressure that I'm putting on, but to me, you know, you're out tracking and um, eventually there's going to be stuff, whether it's a bird or a, a mom walking a kid through the park, like there's distractions in tracking that are for the dog, I think they're very pronounced because you're kind of in such a zone and concentrating head down, you know, just in a different olfactory sense that the smelling, the sniffing. And so then when a distraction or a visual, even a noise, I suppose, but really the visual, if it gets on their radar, it's alarming to a lot of dogs and it can interrupt what's going on. And I, I feel like the dogs that have been successful for me in tracking are dogs that can really stay on task and tune that exterior stuff out. And, you know, eventually the food on the track goes away. And so the association between the reward and the smelling through the soil or the uh, vegetation or whatever has to be so strong. And if that drive for the food isn't way up there, it's really tricky to build. So I'm super duper happy with the fact that she's putting up with the pressure that I'm putting on her. And so far it's very limited. I mean, if I've done 12 little tracks with her, that's probably about the accurate amount. 
Um, but she is pushing and, and pulling into that next footstep. So those are the behaviors that I feel like I'm going to be able to stretch out and make into what I want them to be. I hope, I hope, I hope, but it looks good so far. Yeah, I think it looks great. All right. So we're going to queue up video number four. There was a lot of obedience with in the protection stuff as well, but this is more just obediency stuff, uh, Noel and Inga, and then a little bit of tracking after that. baby Inga. Only in Hamburg do you go from sleeveless to hats during spring. It's kind of crazy that weather out there. Insane. <laughs> but she looks great. She's doing a lot of really good things. And I think that obedience video specifically, that was one of the first times you would kind of use tug within the obedience, right? Like you were more into using the food you had said when you sent it. Development. I want to get back to it. Yeah. And yeah. she seems holding it together. Yeah. How is the knee? What's going on with you? What's with the mobility? What's going on? So physical therapy says I'm doing great. (laughs) But for me, it's very, uh, this is a huge lesson on accepting what, what's happening. (laughs) I feel very much out of my life and this thing hurts. It gets really like, 
it feels immobile and it's always working against that opposition that it's giving me. So it's pushing, pushing, but overall, um, I've noticed some things like the other knee has to be done. And suddenly I'm very aware of how painful the non-surgical knee actually is. So I can see that this is, uh, this was the right decision to eventually get to where I want to be, but it, it surely is a, a tricky, it's hard. It is not an easy process right now. And I feel bad for my dogs. I feel real bad because they have to just kind of take everything down a few notches. And can I just add one thing? Do you mind? No, you can add whatever you want. It's it's your podcast. Come on. It's you're, You've been on the show four times. Keep going. <laughs> so um, I've built these dogs to be very engaging and, you know, high energy and literally up behavior, like literally speaking, when they engage with me, they, I have encouraged all this very rough, like bashing into me. (laughs) And like, if they're running, they feel very much like they should run towards me and then slam into heel position. And I've always encouraged and promoted that. Like I've never told them they were wrong for anything of the sort. So this is like a huge slamming on the brakes for my relationship with my dogs is it looks very different. You know, um, I feel super vulnerable around them to be honest with you. And so these things like, I mean, here she's laying on this cot and trying to practice being patient and being subtle and soft and, you know, kind of just blending in rather than being so noticed. These are probably not things that I would have done if it hadn't been for this situation with my capabilities, you know, and my fear of hurting something that just got surgery. So, I mean, these are one of the silver linings, I think, that I got to remind myself of is that, you know, you, you might be faced with something that you're not happy about, but you can turn it into something that could be beneficial for you in the big picture down the road. She's going to have to learn to be patient and, you know, cap her drive and wait her turn and, you know, not have constant stimulation happening for her. I mean, these are the premises of your canine healing, basically. So I'm preaching to the choir, but I'd be more apt to put a dog away than you know, put them in the face of having to deal with arriving at a more meditative way of existing. Um, so, you know, I'm learning here in real time how to uh, welcome and this new <laughs> way of living for me because it's not going to go away in a couple weeks. And this other one has to be done. So I'm sort of stuck in this mode for a little while. And so my relationship with the dogs is I think uh, it's getting better and deeper because of uh, the struggle. So <laughs> no, it's, it's all it's creating great balance and it's kismet in a sense. And she looks like she likes to get her feet done as much as chew. So she's learning. She's learning the ropes of the road there. <laughs> well, it's it's nice that you're showing us that, you know, this high drive dog that loves to bite and is loves to do everything is also capable of learning to just be calm and hang out with you. Because I have a lot of, you know, I see this just with my clients, with companion animals that are not nearly as 
drivey as your dog, but they're always catering to this very, you know, they got to run home, they got to take the dog out, throw the ball, they got to do all this stuff because they think they need to get all this energy out of the dog for the dog to relax. And I tell them, all you're doing is making the dog have more energy, be in better shape, and you're just constantly, the dog is controlling you all the time, you know, and it's just nice when you can tell a dog to just chill out and relax, you know, and and when it's time to work, they work. And when it's time to just hang out and be quiet, they can do that too. Now, you've been able to at least put your dogs away before this, where you put them in a crate if you have something going on. A lot of, you know, my clients, they don't like to use the crate. So they're totally enslaved to the dog because the dog is high energy. They feel bad about the crate. The dog has learned to protest in the crate, so they never want to put the dog in a crate. And they're just go, 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 trying to get on top of this energy. And it's, it's nice just to have a dog, regardless of how much drive they have to relax. And with my clients, nine times out of 10, it's not really drive, it's anxiety, and it's just a nutty, nutty, uh, inst- you know, unstable mindset in the dog is really what it is, you know? Really unwittingly just promoting by keeping, feeding the machine all yeah. the stimulation. Absolutely. I, I experience that every day too, for sure. My a huge percentage of the clients between the daycare and in training. I, I, I feel, yeah, (laughs) like it's, it's so hard to explain. So hopefully, I mean, she's literally got her eyes closed. This is a nice visual, but um, yeah, there's a balance there and people miss out on it and limitations and the structure. It's important for any of the dogs. I mean, whether you're doing some sort of sport stuff or they're just your companion pet, for sure. Like, this is just integrity-based, living with a dog kind of information. And I hope people listen. I hope they listen. And I have seen, it's it's interesting how dogs, and not to put you in the category of handicapped, but... (laughs) When I have clients... She's had her moment. I've she sent clients, me a lot of video during rehab. I, I remember in California, uh, I had a, a man, a great dog guy. He was a para- quadriplegic. He had these two monster pit bulls. And they would walk alongside him in his wheelchair. And they were so respectful of him. They never pulled on the leash. He didn't come to me for leash training. He came because there were some other issues. But they knew that they needed to work with this guy, that he had limitations. And a lot of dogs, they pick up on that. If you have a limitation, they'll come down to your level. But if if you don't, they're going to make you come up to their level, and they're going to keep pushing you and making you walk faster, you know? Oh, it. that's so true. So I think, true. I think you're doing a great job. Hi, what did you say? I said, I think you're doing a great job. What did you say? I just love that story that Scott <laughs> just about that guy. It's and funny, uh, you can call me handicapped because I absolutely am right now. Um, but I, I take laps in my yard, woohoo! But Rifle, my one guy, he's just when I have him out there, just having some yard time with me, and he he could go anywhere he wants in the yard. But when I'm doing my laps, he literally comes and walks with me and looks up at me and keeps pace with me. And it is not a fast pace and it is not exciting, precise anything. It's literally just meandering along and he is right there and just happy to do it. So, you know, we, we get to know these dogs and, and build these relationships that are better than what some people have with other people. When we really like leave room to know them and them to know us and, I, I genuinely feel like 
that is a success for me. Like I, the dogs, the dogs know me, my dogs in my house know me. And I feel like I know them and I'm getting to reap the benefits of that now. (laughs) I feel all like it's emotional, but it's really, it's great. And I wish that everybody could feel it. Yeah, you're you're doing great. And Noelle has her other knee replacement coming up. Her right knee is getting done in June. Um, This series is coming out right around Memorial Day. The next series is going to be the first weekend of September, which is Labor Day. So it's like the whole damn summer. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to figure it out. And it's going to be great. And roll with the punches, right, guys? Like, Noelle's being flexible. Her dogs are being flexible. This awesome puppy who's biting Scott like a police... prospect police dog would is being flexible. Like we all need to work with what we're given and find gratitude in it. And you're doing a great job of that. We're proud of you so much. Thank you for all your help always. Well, I'm getting too emotional. I need to check out. (laughs) All right. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Guys, thanks for tuning in. And the links, we're going to have the first part of the series, the second part of the series, and also Noelle's daycare um, first video we film with her because she runs a kick-ass daycare. Be sure to check it all out. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.